to our visitors. I'm going to go ahead and let you know, yes, we are weird. Hello and welcome to the Glacier Valley Church of God. Today's podcast was recorded live on Sunday before a full church. If there's anything we can do to bless you, to pray for you, please contact us at 907-789-3605. Glacier Valley Church of God, a place of hope, a place of healing. David danced before the Lord with all his might. And he danced so hard, his clothes came off. Did anybody's clothes come off this morning? See, we haven't gotten that radical, okay? Amen. Thankfully, nobody's clothes came off, okay? <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. That would be embarrassing. That's why we have these little sheets over there just in case, okay? Amen. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. Listen, I believe that God has a word for us today, amen? I believe that God wants to speak to us. And to our visitors, I just want to say welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, I want you to feel like this is your church, amen? And I want you to come back. Uh, we are here to worship and honor God, and for the rest of what a beautiful crowd we have here. Can you just reach over and shake the hand of your neighbor and say, I'm glad that you're here? Can you look at your other neighbor and say, you look beautiful and or handsome today? I'm not bitter, but not one person looked at me and said that, but that's okay. That's all right. I'm comfortable in who I am. Amen? <laughs> not even my own wife did it, but that's okay. All right. Love you too, babe. Amen? <laughs> Praise God. Thank you, Fred. I appreciate that. I know I can count on Fred. Amen. I, I do want to take a moment and just say a couple weeks ago, uh, you blessed my wife and I and my daughter uh, with... Uh, the pastor appreciation, and Will just preached just a beautiful sermon, uh, trying to take over my job, uh, but uh, no, it was wonderful, and uh, I just want to say how much I appreciate your love towards us. That means a lot when, when you show us love. I don't take, I want to be clear here, I don't, want, I don't take that lightly. When you, when you show that to us, I don't take that lightly at all. We, we revere it, we appreciate it, and uh, you know we've had a very difficult past few months, but the Lord has been good to us. And he's answered miracle after miracle. Amen? Miracle. Amen? And uh, speaking of miracles, uh, you know Margaret Martin has been in the hospital. Uh, they, I don't know if I should share this or not, but I'm going to, and, and uh, hopefully it doesn't offend anybody, but they had, they had given up on her. They, they thought she was going to pass. And... We had been over, we had been praying with her, and all of a sudden, God stepped in. And Margaret, they, they said she, when they did surgery on her, they couldn't do, she had fallen and they couldn't do surgery on her, but all of a sudden they were able to do surgery, which is a miracle. And they said, well, you're going to be in Wildflower for like uh, six or seven weeks. She's going to be there three. Three weeks. And so... When I saw her, I think it was uh, Friday that I went to go see her. Uh, I, I try to always go see people in the hospital and spend some time with them. I can't spend a lot of time with them, uh, but I try to spend some time with them. And I, uh, I was there with her, and we had a, just a wonderful conversation. She looks like the Margaret that I know. 
And uh, so God just really has done an amazing thing. And, and tonight, we're going to hear of a miracle that was done in Bobby's life. Bobby's going to share his testimony tonight. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you, you're not going to want to miss this testimony from Bobby. And then we're going to have prayer afterwards. But we need to testify of God's goodness. Amen? Bobby should have died, right? Bobby should have died. Matter of fact, the, well, I'm not going to give away his testimony. But I, I, I'm struggling a little bit because, man, I get excited about what God is doing. Because, you know, when, when you see miracles, and, and can, I, can I tell you, these are documented miracles, documented where the doctors are like, we don't understand, we don't understand what's going on, and Bobby goes, I do. <laughs> He'll share with it tonight, amen. I'm trying not to tell your story. But I get excited about what God is doing, Amen. And so we, we just have, we're heading into the holiday season, man, it's just going to be great, amen? It's just going to be wonderful, and I just believe that God's going to do amazing things. Now, I do want to mention something. Uh, on November the 22nd, the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, our church is a part of a collection of churches, evangelical churches here in Juneau. They're going to get together and worship together. And uh, pastor, this me, I'm going to be the one speaking. And I'm going to be talking about... Now, I want to share this with you. I'm going to be talking about that we cannot move forward as a church until we acknowledge the past. Amen? The church, well, people tell me, well, we didn't do it. Doesn't matter. The church needs to acknowledge the past. We need to acknowledge some things and make some things right. Amen? And so... Pray for me as I prepare this message because there is a famine. You go back to David when he realized that God, Saul had did something, and I don't want to get into that message now, but I'll get into it then, that sometimes we need to make things right when somebody else messed up, amen? Because we are the church, and we love when our brothers and sisters are hurting. We care about them, amen? And it's time that the church acknowledge this and move forward so we can have healing in our city. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. So I wanted to share that with you. There is another event going around, uh, I believe on a different date. I want to share with you that our church has not or is not associated with that event. Uh, if you go, that's entirely up to you. But I just want to be clear. We're not associated with that event. We have not, not asked to be a part of that. So I want to, there's different events. I just always like for you to know which one we're a part of. Amen. And so the one that we're a part of is November 22nd. And that's the one that we're doing, okay? Amen. Praise God. Let's go to the word, the Lord, if I could talk right, in prayer. Father, I thank you for what you're doing this morning already, God. I believe with all my heart, Lord, that you're going to move in today's service. God, I thank you for sending people today to hear your word, God. I thank you, God, for your time, God. I thank you for everything that you've done. In your name I pray, amen. Amen. Praise God. So... We've been talking about what it means to be a Christian, amen? Because how many understand it, that the, the, the baseline, the, the, the minimum requirement of being a Christian is asking Jesus into your heart, right? And that really, that, 
I don't want to sound overly complicated here. That doesn't necessarily make you a Christian in this sense because there's a work that God continues to do in you. It doesn't mean that you're not going to heaven. Of course you're going to heaven. But what makes you a Christian is your lifestyle because the word Christian literally means Christ-like. Amen? Now how many know when we come to God and we get saved, we're not exactly very Christ-like, are we? Amen? <laughs> we have some things that God needs to work on, right? We have some things that God needs to fix in our lives, right? And then over the, the course of years, as we get into his word and we come to church and we learn those things, we become more and more Christ-like, amen? So you guys understand what I mean by that? Because some people might have an issue with that. I want to make sure that I explain myself properly. When you become a believer, that's just the first step. But the problem is a lot of people kind of go that first step, and that's as far as they go. They don't understand that that first step is just like entering into this whole new world that you now have authority that God has given you, and it's time that the church have that access to it, and that we believe in our access to it, and that we take that authority that's been given to us and use it, and not only in our lives, but in the world around us, amen? You are here as a believer, not just to listen to my words, to listen to the music, or come and check a box that you came to church. You are here to make a difference in someone else's life, amen? You're here to make a difference in someone's life. There's people in your life that only you can reach. Did you know that? There's people in your life that only you can talk to. I, I don't have that relationship with them, but you do, amen? And so God has appointed you. He has called you to experience that. He has called you into his mighty army that is the Glacier Valley Church of God. And we are, in fact, an army, amen? Praise God. We are an army. Praise God. So I want to share this with you that when we say that we are Christians and we say that we are believers, there are certain things that are available to us and that we do that give us that power and authority. Amen? Everybody with us so far? See, the Bible says that we are adopted, right? But when you're adopted, you have full rights as a son, right? And if I have full rights as a son, then I've been given the same authority that Jesus has been given. Amen? So I want you to understand, if we're not walking in that authority, if we're not walking in that obedience, that we are not fulfilling what God has called us to do. Amen? And we have to do that. We have to be that way. We have to be what God has called us to be. But there's a price for that. There's a price for that. You can't just wake up one morning and say, I'm going to cast devils out of somebody. You can't. Amen. If you do, let me know. That'll be kind of fun to watch. <laughs> Amen. You can't just wake up one morning and decide that you're going to bring healing to someone. You can't just wake up one morning and do this and that. There is a price to pay from you. There's a price to pay from you to walk in that authority. I've heard it said before, salvation costs you nothing, but it will also cost you everything. It will cost you everything, amen? So I want to share that with you this morning. And today, we've been talking about a believer believes, a believer does this, but today we're going to be talking about a believer studies the Word of God. Not, not just reads the Word of God, we study the Word of God, Amen? 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15, Paul said this to Timothy. 
He wrote to them because Paul knew that he was on his time before he was about to die. And he wanted to pass on some wisdom. I remember when my grandfather was about to pass, he took me by the hand and he shared some things with me. And he says, I want you to know, Keith, that this is, these are things that I want you to understand in life. And I didn't quite understand everything that he meant, but the older I got, the more I understood. And one of the things that he told me, he goes, Keith, you got to learn to trust God. Because I was a young guy at that time, and I struggled with trusting at that moment. He goes, Keith, you need to do this. And in the same way, Paul is talking to Timothy as a spiritual father, a spiritual grandfather. And he says, here are things that I want you to know. And he says, be diligent to present yourself or prove to God. Now, wait a minute. Aren't we approved of God when we get saved? Yes, but we have to work at it. Otherwise, why would Paul say that? In other words, you can't just get saved and then go do whatever you want to do. You can't just get saved and, and just kind of have this lackadaisical lifestyle and you know, maybe you do this or maybe you do that. You know, some people use the word fanatic, but in reality, that's what a true Christian is because you become obsessed with who God is. I've heard the statement that I don't want to be so heavenly minded that I'm no earthly good. Can I tell you that I don't understand that statement? Can I tell you, has anybody heard that before? Been so heavenly minded, you know earthly good? I don't get that statement at all because when you're heavenly minded, your, things are on, your mind is on God's things, amen? And I don't want to be any earthly good, to be honest with you. I don't want the world to like me. I don't want the world to get used to me. But we need to set our mind on the things that are of God, amen? And if we look at how much time we study the word of God versus time we're on social media or time that we're in front of the television or time that we're doing whatever else, we'll find that that number is quite disproportionate, isn't it? We are there. But the Lord told us to study the Word of God. He says, be diligent to present yourself or prove to God a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the Word of truth. In other words... If you're looking at the Word of God, you got to get it right. Now, any great theologian will tell you that they've had their opinion changed about the Word of God more times than one. You know why? Because this is a living, breathing document. It is the Word of God. It is the Spirit of God. It is eternal. A lot of us, though, were so ingrained in our, what I call embedded theology. In other words, we heard this particular saying from a pastor growing up, and, and, and we think that that's the gospel. No matter what, nothing can go against what was said to me when I was at this age, even if it was wrong. Even if it was wrong. And sometimes we sit under pastors and preachers, and they don't mean to make mistakes, but they say things that don't line up with the Word of God because they heard it from someone else. I've done that before, but let me tell you that if we don't read the Word of God, if we don't study the Word of God, then we can become, you ready for this word? Deceived. By the way, what does Satan use to deceive Eve? The Word of God. Did, remember what he said? Did God say? Did God say? He twisted the words of God. Amen? If we don't study the word of God, then we're not going to know these things. Amen? See, when someone was a believer under Jesus, they were a disciple. 
They believed in Jesus. They were a disciple of him. A disciple was someone who studied under a master, a teacher. They studied their lessons, their methods. They were required to memorize scripture. How much scripture do we memorize lately? Amen. We memorize scripture to exhibit knowledge of that scripture. But here's why we should study the word of God. When I grew up in school, I was that kid who got all A's. Don't get mad at me, I just was. I got all A's. Except one time, one time in, in middle school, I got a B. And you would have thought that the world had come to an end. And uh, I just, I didn't know what I was going to do. I, I cried for days. <laughs> I know, just bear with me a moment. Some of you are like, you're weird, Pastor. And I get it, I am. I, you know, that's already been stated, amen? And so I, I prided myself on good grades, but you know what? To be honest with you, I never really studied either. I just didn't have to. Didn't have to study. I just, I was the kind of person I could look at something and I knew it. The only, the only problem I had is I had like calculus or, or geometry. I struggled in those classes a little bit. I got an A minus. But beyond that, I did pretty good in school. And so when I went to college, I thought, man, I got this. This is going to be easy, and, and I'm not going to have any problems. And I, I took a class called Revelation from a teacher, and Will, and my dad knows who this is, called Dr. Voris. And Dr. Voris was the most cruel teacher that I've ever met because he expected you to study. Amen? Well, I thought, I don't have to study because I've been getting good grades, right? Life has been pretty easy up to this point. I could get, I don't need to study. I'm just going to go in and take this test. And I went in to take the test. This, my first year, I was a freshman. I went in, I took the test, and everybody's like, how they poured themselves, and they studied, and they studied. And I was like, well, I didn't study. This is going to be easy. I never studied. I don't even know what study means. Got in there. I looked at the test, and I'm like, I don't know what this is. This isn't what we studied. This isn't what we talked about. And I started looking over the questions and I said, dear God, what is this? And I found out real quickly that the higher I got in my education, the more it required of me to study. The more it required of me to, to dig into what was being said because he asked questions that were not really a part of his lecture. He, asked, he actually required me to read the book. Can you believe that? You know how much I had to read each week? I had to read like 30, at that moment, I had to read like 30 or 40 pages. And I'm like, I can't read that much in a week. In my doctoral program right now, I'm reading about 150 pages a week. Yeah. Well, I, I say read, I'm more like skimming at that point. And I realized at that moment, because I, I'm wondering if I should tell you what I got on my first test. It was an F. <laughs> it was an F. My dad asked me, hey, how'd you do? I changed the subject. <laughs> because the higher you go, like I said, the tougher the tests are, amen? Brothers and sisters, can I tell you, the more you go into life as a believer, the tougher the test. Amen? Everybody agree with me on there? The more you go in life, the tougher the things that you're experiencing, but we're acting like that we don't have to study to know how to deal with those problems. We're acting like that we already know all the answers. I want to tell you, the more you go into your Christian walk, the less you know. The less you know. 
Now, I'm not calling anywhere in this room uneducated or anything like that. That's not what I'm trying to say. But God expects us to study the word of God because in here, let me show this to you, in here are the answers, okay? In here are the answers. That's where you have to go is the word of God. And can I tell you that some answers are just not easy to find. It takes a little bit of work. And so what we do is we're part of that microwave generation. We like to, we like to hear our answers by just going to one place, and there's my answer. There, but it may not be the right answer. Can I tell you that? It may not be the right answer. It's someone else's interpretation of what's being said, but that may not be applicable to you. Amen? God wants us to study. This is what we're going to talk about today. God wants us to study his word because in there is where we find our answers. In there. In there is where we find our solutions. In there is when we build our relationship with God. In the word of God is where we find out what we need to do for life. Amen? Amen. Praise God. I want to tell you, it is more than just reading the word of God. In Psalms chapter one, verses one through two, it says this. What's that first word when they bring that up? What? What does blessed mean? It means you're given life. Did you know that? Blessed means that life is produced. Blessed means is that you are added to. Amen? Everybody with me? Blessed means that you're getting more, okay? Does anybody in this room, room want to be blessed? Okay, some of you don't want to be blessed. Is any, let me ask this question. Does anybody in this room want to be cursed? Okay, good. That's there, nobody, right? Nobody likes to be cursed, amen? You know why we like to be blessed? Because you like to receive more, don't you? And so the word of God says this, blessed is the man, and we're just gonna insert the word man, woman, okay, because that's what it means. He says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor seats, sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in what? The law of the Lord. You know what the law of the Lord is? You ready? The word of God. Amen? His delight is in the law of the Lord. Can I tell you that we have lost our delight in the law of the Lord? So many people that have problems with things that I say have problems with things that I say because they don't know the word of God. They're only repeating what's been told to them. Because I usually ask the question, where did you hear that? Well, my pastor told me. And then at that point, I'm going, well, you know, maybe he told you wrong. What does the word of God say? Amen? And, and by the way, if you ever talk with somebody and you tell them, I told you that this is, don't do that. Because I could be wrong, okay? The word of God says this. The word of God is the final authority, amen? The word of God is what we stand on. Now, I, in no way am I saying that I am wrong, but I am human. I am fallible. I can make mistakes. I can do the wrong thing sometimes. But the Word of God is eternal, amen? The Word of God is our basis. That, and we can't pick and choose what we like out of the Word of God, amen? 
We can't, for the longest time, man, we've picked and choose things we don't like. Like us men, we love to say, women, you can't serve in leadership because of what it says in 2 Timothy. Women, you can't do that. That's wrong. Women, we don't allow that. Yet in Romans chapter 16, he calls Phoebe his great, uh, what was the word? Like she was like a bishop. She was like someone over people. She was a leader. There's some tension there in that scripture, isn't there? I'm not going to get into why there is, but I'm just saying that we can't base what we believe off certainly just one scripture. We can look at the whole word of God, amen? we got to stop listening. we got to stop listening to people who have an agenda about the word of God and listen to what God says about the word of God, amen? We need to understand that women do belong in leadership, amen? We need to understand that all races belong at the cross, amen? We need to understand that no one is better than anybody else. We need to understand that we're all supposed to love each other. Did you know that? We're all supposed to love each other? What if they have tattoos? Yes. Pastor, what if they're homosexual? Yes. Amen. We, we're, God tells us to love everybody, amen? Now, that doesn't mean that we condone the sin. It doesn't mean that we say it's okay. We'll never say sin is okay, right? But we will say is that when you come to the house of God, we're gonna listen to the word of God, we're gonna study the word of God, we're gonna believe the word of God, and then we're gonna act on the word of God, amen? And then he says this. He says, and on his law, he meditates day and night. And on his law, he meditates day and night. Now, to meditate, most people think of meditation like, you know, the yoga thing, where you kind of sit there with your hands like this, and you're going, hmm, amen. Do you guys know that's how electricians meditate? They go, om. Some of you got that. <laughs> I got to tell a dad joke every now and then. You wouldn't know what to do, right? That was a pretty good one. Yeah, amen. I'll get letters on that, I'm sure. Thank you, brother. I appreciate that. Thank you. But he says meditate, and we think, we think we're supposed to be silent before the Lord, right? No, no, that's not what meditation was in the Old Testament. We've talked about this before, but allow me to say it again if you don't mind, because sometimes I need to say things over and over again for us to kind of get through our brain, right? Meditation in the Old Testament was an outward expression. They would verbalize. They would talk out loud. They would do it so that they could memorize. It helps them to memorize. And so they would say, blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits. See, I can't remember it. <laughs> I have to go back and look. Can you bring up that scripture for me one more time, verse 1? I'm going to say it out loud. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. I'm saying it out loud because it helps me to remember. I may forget it every now and then, and that's okay. We're all human, right? But more importantly, verse 2, go to that one. He says, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. Do you see where I'm coming from this morning? I'm saying it out loud. I'm reminding myself. I'm saying the, love, the Lord loves it when I delight in his word. Amen? He loves it. I meditate it. I talk about it. I call up people from the church and I say, hey, have you thought about this scripture? Have you heard? I love it when you text me scriptures that's been meaning to you. 
Some of you do that sometimes. You say, the Lord's been dealing with me on that scripture. I love that. I love it. Keep doing that. Text me. Tell me what God is telling you. Amen? Because I love sharing scripture with you. I love talking about those things because when we talk about it, we activate the word of God. To be speaking out loud is actually an effective memory tool. It helps you to get the words into long-term memory. In Psalms 119, verses 9 through 16, let's pull that up. I want you to listen to this. Now, all you young men, I want you to listen to me, all you young people. By the way, did you know that our largest demographic in this church is the 20 to 40-year-olds? You guys are our largest group. So I want you to listen to me, all you young people, 20 to 40 years old, I want you to listen to me. Are you listening? How could a young man cleanse his way? How could a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your word. With my whole heart I have sought you. Oh, let me not wander from your commandments. Your word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, Lord. Teach me your statutes. With my lips I have declared all the judgments of your mouth. I have rejoiced in the way of your testimonies as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and contemplate your ways. Here's this word delight again. I will delight myself in your statutes. I will not forget your word. It sounds to me that the word of God is an important part of our life. Amen? It sounds to me the word of God is something that's supposed to be ingrained in us. But it's the one thing that I don't see us as believers doing. Amen? We may read the word of God. And it's, it's a struggle to read the word of God sometimes. It really is. I get that. Because it can seem repetition. Because it, it can seem boring. But what we learn about in the first chapter of Psalms, it says you're blessed when you walk not in the counsel of the ungodly, but you meditate on the law of the Lord. Amen? In other words, your life is added to. That's what blessed means. Amen? Now, when we study the Word of God, when we begin to study it instead of just read it, we study it in the original language. Now, how many of my people here can speak Greek? Anybody? Nobody? Skylar, I thought you taught Greek. No? Okay. What about Hebrew? Who, who are my Hebrew speakers? Nobody? Does nobody speak Hebrew or Greek? I don't either. I looked at the Greek Bible and I said, wow, this is just Greek to me. <laughs> I didn't say that about the Hebrew Bible. But sometimes we need to go back and look at the original word that they trans. Because you know, here's the thing about translation. Sometimes, like the King James Bible, for instance. The King James Bible was translated in 1611. Took about three to five years to do this, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong in the amount of years. Does anybody know that the language they spoke during that time is not the same English we speak now? Amen? Right? How many knows that we don't speak the same language, language from 20 years ago? Right? How many knows we don't speak the same language from 10 years ago? A couple weeks I used the word vibing. 
I was told to never say that word again. Because <laughs> most of my older people are like, I don't know what you meant by that. Guess what? I didn't know either, okay? <laughs> but the point I'm trying to say is that when you read that translation, that word that's there may not be what the word is today, amen? So you, you, get a con, you get this translation, it's called Strong's Concordance, and you go back and you look at what was that word, what does it mean? And when you do that, you begin to realize what the word of God is saying to you. You look at the original Greek, you look at the original Hebrew, and you say, what is the word of God? What does this mean? What does it mean, the word mansion? How many know that the word mansion doesn't mean mansion? It actually means rooms in the New Testament. See, when we look at the word of God and we translate it, we understand what the word means, but when we get into the word of God and we go back and we read it and we understand it, that, then God begins to open up his word to us and we're no longer deceived. You see, that's what happens right now in the word of God or in today's world is we got a lot of preachers out there talking about stuff that just frankly is not true. Be careful, listen to me here, please. Be careful who you're listening to. I'm gonna say that again. Be careful who you are listening to because the things that they say sound so close, but it's not. It sounds so close, but it's not. I'm going to go ahead and name some names. Would that be okay? Because I want, you to, I want to be real with you. And you may go, no, that person's a man of God. And I would challenge that based on what they're saying, okay? I'm going to give you the name of Joel Osteen. Amen? If you're listening to Joel Osteen, you really need to reconsider listening to him because he's saying things about that really aren't true. He's actually accepting of the homosexual lifestyle. Andy Stanley, same thing. They're having a, a, a homosexual conference so they can incorporate gay leaders into their church. I believe that's right. If I'm not, then you can tell me later. But they're doing that. They're trying to open up their church to more people, but they don't want them to change their lifestyle, amen? That's another false prophet. Yeah, I'm using the word false prophet, okay? Let me tell you somebody else, Stephen Furtick. Yeah, listen, listen to what he's saying. It's always super positive. There's never any condemnation on sin. It's always, you're okay, I'm okay, you're okay, I'm okay. Listen to what he's saying, okay? And if a pastor doesn't preach sin, if he doesn't preach sin, I mean, he'll make you feel good. Sometimes we like preachers to make us feel good, right? My job isn't to make you feel good. My job is to preach the word of God. Now some of you are gonna, amen. Some of you are gonna disagree with the things that I've said, and that's okay, I can handle that. We're, we're okay with that, I'm a big boy, you can disagree with me. But I've listened to these sermons, I've listened to these pastors, and I'm gonna call them false prophets because that's what they are. That's what I'm gonna call them, amen, because I want you to follow the word of God. Because what happens when you follow the word of God, not some man, not some individual, this is what's gonna happen to you, Psalms 1-3. He says, he shall be like a, what's that word there? Come on now, what's that word? Is a tree a movable object? What does it take to cut down a tree? A chainsaw, a powerful wind? When you're a tree, you're pretty much stuck there, right? 
You, you are sturdy. That's who you are. He becomes like a tree planted by the rivers of waters. You're not just a tree planted out in the desert. You're planted by the rivers of living water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaves shall not wither, and whatsoever he does shall prosper. Brothers and sisters, just because you have money in the bank doesn't make you prosperous. And if you listen to a lot of these preachers that I've just been talking about, the message is one of prosperity, not sin. And if I'm preaching to you prosperity, 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 Creflo Dollar is another one. If I'm preaching to you prosperity, 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 and I'm not teaching you the consequences, that's not the word of God. The word of God understands that we go through trials and tribulations and that we're meant to suffer, but our, 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 our fruit that comes out of us is, is, well, love, joy, peace, amen, happiness. All those things are the fruit of the Spirit. And there's nine fruits of the Spirit that he talks about in Galatians. I'm not going to, well, actually, let me just read it. it it's not going to be up there, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, long-suffering, kindness, Goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, against such there is no law. When you're planted by the rivers of living water, which is the Holy Ghost, by the way, when you're planted by the rivers of living water and he's able to feed your soul with the Word of God and you study the Word of God, then you begin to bear fruit. You begin to bear fruit. You know the great thing about fruit? In here in Alaska, it's expensive, isn't it? Man, I, I, I love, this is like a passion of mine. I love going to Costco to buy fruit so that it all spoils the next day. That's like a passion of mine. I buy the fruit and I'm like, no, it's going to last this time for seven days. I get home the next day, it's gone. <laughs> or Fred Myers or wherever, wherever I buy the fruit. When we lived up north, it, we would buy it in the morning, it would be gone by that evening. I don't know what they did to it. But the fruit that the Lord has in you, it lasts, amen? It lasts, doesn't it? It does something to you, and it's attractive. God develops something in you. How many, when you've been reading the word of God, you realize that maybe I, sh I haven't been as patient with someone as I should have been? How many, when you're reading the Word of God, maybe I haven't loved someone like I love? How many, by reading the Word of God, realize that you need to change, amen? Listen, reading the Word of God changes us. And my issue with these false teachers is that they're not changing us, amen? They're not changing us. Now, maybe they changed you in the past. I don't know. This is just my opinion on these matters. But I want to tell you that we have to be changed by the word of God. If you came in here this morning and you are the same when you left, then that is on you because the word of God is being presented to you. The word of God is being presented to you. The word of God cleanses us and changes us, amen? I want all of you to walk out of here this morning changed and bearing fruit. I want all of you walking out of this morning firmly planted and receiving the word of God, amen? See, a lot of you, your Christian walk is like a, a roller coaster. Has anybody ever been on a good roller coaster before? When I was in Atlanta, we went to a, a park called Six Flags. And they have this roller coaster called Goliath. And Goliath is about 100 million stories tall. 
And Julian Hunter wanted to go on this roller coaster. And me being the brave dad that I am, said, okay. By the way, I have an extreme fear of heights. And so we, get, we wait for like an hour, and I, I thought, they're going to close the ride. We're not going to have to go on it. And next thing I know, we're literally like right there at the gate. And I looked at them, and I said, you know, maybe it's a good idea that we don't go. Maybe, kids, it's, maybe we just don't need to do this. I, Dad feels in his spirit we need to stop. And they're like, no, Dad, go. And they pushed, they literally pushed me. Mainly because I was hanging on to the rails. And we got into the seat and, and they they closed the the uh, the gate on you, you know what I'm talking about? And because I have a little extra girth here, the gate didn't close on me like I wanted it to. I felt a little given to I thought I'm gonna fall out of this thing because it does loops and squirrels and all that. And so we, they push it down, and they keep pushing, and they said, we need an extender here. And I'm like, okay, enough of that, guys. So I get on this roller coaster, right? And I'm sitting there thinking, okay, I need to get off this thing right now. So we go up, and has anybody been on the, the entry stage of the roller coaster where it goes up and it clicks? The first click, I was like, okay, this isn't so bad. Next click, I'm like, I can do this. The thousandth click. I wanted so bad to stand up and scream, get me out of here. I am done. I want off this machine. There was like a little walkway right there. I was just going to lift it up and just go down, right? And because I, I was like, I don't want to do this. I am scared to death. Has anybody felt that way in the Christian walk before? And all of a sudden, I, we, we start to peek over and, 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 and people were disappearing, which I, to me is never a good sign. And I heard screaming. Yeah, and all I can sit there is go, dear Jesus in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. <laughs> and so they were screaming, and we, we went over, and my kids were like, raise your hand, Dad. I was like, shut up. <laughs> so we go over, and, and all of a sudden, I looked up, and I could see Africa, in Mexico and Canada from where we were. <laughs> and I just thought, oh dear God, oh dear God. And we start going down at least one million miles an hour. Right, and it was kind of fun at first. And then we hit the bottom and guess what? We went up again. And then we went down again. And then some fool who made this made us do a loop-to-loop. -loop. You know what the loop-to-loop -loop is? is you're going around and you look up and the ground as you're seeing up and the ground is down below you. It really messes with you, right? See, some of you, that's the way your Christian walk is. Come on. You're like, we're up, I'm down, we're loop-de-loop, -loop, I'm up, I'm down, and I don't know where you are. I'm at the age now, get me on an easy monorail. <laughs> Amen? Amen? But man, some of you, you're doing your loop-to-loop, -loop, you're up, you're down, you're up, you're down, and then you know who you blame? You blame your pastor, don't you? Or you blame God. I didn't do it. We don't study the Word of God. The Word of God brings balance to our life. The Word of God brings peace to our life. We got done with the ride, and it, the ride was so bad, and it was so scary, the person in front of us, I don't know if I should tell you this or not, but they, they vomited everywhere.
me, my son, people in front of us, and then they ran, right? And see, what happens, brothers and sisters, is you're so unsettled in your faith that that happens to you spiritually. You guys go on, you see where I'm going with this? That happens to you spiritually. And then some of us have to kind of clean up that mess, don't we? I want to tell you, if you want consistency in your heart, or you want consistency in your life, you've got to study the Word of God. You've got to study the Word of God. Don't take what some preacher says as gospel, so to speak. Take what they say, listen to it, and compare it to the Word of God. If it doesn't line up, it's wrong, okay? Do you know what they used to do to the prophets? who did not speak of the word of God in the Old Testament, you know what they did to them? They took them over to the side and they said, hey, look, you can't talk about that, that's wrong. Is that what they did? No, you know what they did? They took them out back and stoned them. You know why? Because God takes the telling of his word seriously, amen? You know, if we did that in a couple churches, I bet some things would clear up, wouldn't it? I bet some things would clear up because God takes the reading of his word seriously, amen? And when we study the word of God, guess what? We're not gonna be like Eve and we're not gonna be deceived. Did God say? Did God really say that? Was God serious when he said, don't do this? You know, Jesus turned water into wine. So it must be okay. See, that's how the devil gets you is he provides suggestions. Matter of fact, even he told, even the devil quoted scripture to Jesus. He says, you know, if you threw yourself over here, that the angels would come and rescue you. And the Lord responded with scripture. He says, do not tempt the Lord your God. Amen? Brothers and sisters, we have to know the word of God. And here, here's something I want to tell you. Some of us stress out about memorizing scripture. Can I tell you when you study the word of God, the Lord brings it back to your memory? Can I tell you that? Can I tell you when you you study the word of God, when you think about the word of God, when you memorize the word of God, it doesn't have to be perfect. I mean, you're not gonna memorize everything, but when you at least attempt to do that, when you speak the word of God, then he brings it back to your memory. The spirit recalls that to you, amen? See, when we... When we don't listen to the word of God, when we don't go to God first, and we listen to the ungodly, we fall into their trap. Verses four through five. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind drives away. Let me explain what that means. In agriculture, when you're harvesting wheat, there's this non-edible portion of the, of the plant that you have to separate from the wheat, otherwise it's not usable. And so what they would do is they would toss it up in the air and the wind would come by and it would blow away the chaff so it wouldn't have inedible portions within your meal. The ungodly are like the chaff. He says, therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. But our question this morning, 
Why do we listen to the ungodly? Why, why do we listen to the ungodly like they know everything? Why? Let me, let me ask you this. Would you go get financial advice from someone who is bankrupt and always broke? Yes? You know, the first thing I do when I talk to someone who knows finance and they're a financial advisor, I say, let me see your record. Let me see what you've done. Let me, let me see how you've performed over the years. Well, I've bankrupted three companies. No, thank you. Why would I accept financial advice from someone who's broke, right? Why would I accept plumbing advice from an accountant? Okay, if you want me to come work on your car, I can do that, but it will be more broke by the time I'm done. Brothers in the house today who have seen me handle a hammer, am I allowed to handle a hammer in the church? Why? Because of injuries. Some have not healed. <laughs> I'm not allowed to operate power saws. Thankfully, we were able to reattach that finger. I'm joking. So if that's the case, if we wouldn't listen to people that we know would give us bad advice, why do we go get spiritual advice, advice from someone who doesn't study the Word of God? Or worse than that, why do we go to Facebook or social media? Why do we do that? Because you know why? It's an easy, quick answer. But can I tell you, an easy, quick answer is not the best answer? An easy, quick answer is usually the wrong answer. Won't you consider a man by the name of Rehoboam, son of Solomon? 1 Kings 12, 8. He had a chance to do the right thing. He was the king of, Sol or king of Solomon. They said, and, and the, the people came to him and said, listen, we want to serve you, but you need to, to not do this. And, and the, the older men that were with him, they said, yes, you need to listen to them. Listen to our advice. And Rehoboam didn't like that, so he, he decided to listen to the advice of the young men around him and says, no, no, do what you want to do. And at that point in Israel's history, the kingdom of Israel split. There was division from that point forward. I don't have time to go into the whole story. I'm just giving you this, the, the summary of it. And brothers and sisters, rather than go to the Word of God, a lot of times we have, it brings division to our home. Let me close by saying this. I appreciate you listening to me this morning. But let me share with you this. This is the closing. If you can put some music on for me. Psalms 1-6. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Brothers and sisters, let me put it to you simply, okay? He knows our way. He knows our way. Isn't that comforting? He knows our way. Has anybody in this room ever messed up before? I'm raising both hands because I've messed up a lot. He knows our way. And when you study the Word of God, you know what the Word of God is profitable for? It's profitable for rebuke, for correction. Amen? That's what the Word of God does. It rebukes us. It corrects us. But it also blesses us. Amen? Amen. It also instructs us. 
It also draws us closer to God. Here's my challenge to you today. We're going to close this series on what it means to be a believer this month, and we're going to do something else next month. We're probably going to be talking about keys to the kingdom, which I talked about on Wednesday night. But what I want to share with you is just simply this. This is my challenge to you. Don't just read the Word of God. Study it. Don't, don't feel like you have to read three chapters a day or you're going to hell. Nobody ever said that. Take one verse. Take two verses. And say, God, what are you trying to tell me in this scripture right here? What are you speaking to me about? And then, you know what you do next? Shut up. Be quiet. Listen to him. And you know what? I'm going to tell you what happens. He begins to open his word to you, and you begin to realize some things. He begins to show you. And that doubt that you have, all of a sudden, is going to go away. That struggle that you have is all of a sudden going to be solved. That thing that you're dealing with that you don't know what to do, all of a sudden God's going to provide you the answer. It's not, see, I have a problem with somebody going up to someone and prophesying over them all the time because I've had too many people tell me things that are not true. But when I read the Word of God and God says something to me, I know it's true. Amen? I know it's true. I can believe it because God spoke to me. And then... If somebody comes up to me and they say what the Word of God says to me, that's how I know they're true. Did you know that? A lot of times we take what somebody says as the gospel, but it's not. It's got to be confirmed by the Word of God. It's got to be confirmed by the Word of God. Amen? Here's my challenge to you. Are you ready? Study the Word of God. Anybody have a phone? Come on. For the first time in church, I'm giving you permission to look at your phone, okay? Pull out your phones. Everybody, come on. Do you have them? I want to see you have them. Amen? There's an app. I'm going to tell you about it. It's called UVerse. It's called UVerse. I'm sharing this with you because you know why? It costs you nothing. And on this, you can study the Word of God. It has devotions on it. It talks about the Word of God. I'm encouraging you to download this and read the Word of God with me. Amen? Do you realize a church that hears from God is a church on the move? Do you realize a church that hears from God is a church that God wants to deal with? I want you to download this. You don't have to. It's up to you. But I'm just sharing with you. Let God move into your life. Let God speak to you. And can I tell you, brothers and sisters, maybe instead of listening to your favorite preacher, maybe listen to your favorite chapter. Okay? Let's, let's, let's kind of shut out the noise for a little bit and let God speak to us. And then when God speaks to us, you'll realize if the person speaking to you, your favorite pastor, is real or not. Just don't take my word for it. God will speak to you. Amen? Would you stand with me, please? I know it's 10, 1230. I've been trying to pare my sermons down to 30 minutes. And, and today I did. I mean, it was longer than 30 minutes, but it was at least 30 minutes. Okay, nobody laughed. That was a joke. Because you're like, hurry up, Pastor. But I really feel led to do something this morning. I'm not trying to belabor the service. Again, I want to say to our visitors who are here, thank you again. Thank you, thank you, thank you for coming. We hope you come back. 
But I really feel like there, there needs to be people prayed for for healing. I really feel that in my heart. So if you need healing in your heart, I'm going to ask that you come. Healing in your body, whatever it is, I'm going to ask you to come. Now, our elders, our elders may not necessarily need, be able to come up. And if that's you, if you're an elder and you can't come up, I just simply want you to raise your hand and we'll come to you. But if you need healing, I want you to come forward right now. If there's anybody. Anybody else? Anybody else? Healing. Healing. Anybody else? Yes, amen. Amen. You need healing, don't you? Amen. Praise God. We're going to believe that's going to happen, okay? Amen. I know this is weird. All right? I'm not embarrassing you, Hope. We're going to believe in healing. Amen. You guys need healing. Amen? Praise God. Anybody else believe that? Who else? Praise God. This oil, this oil right here represents the Holy Spirit. It is not the Holy Spirit. It represents the Holy Spirit. When I touch you with this oil, God is going to do His thing. Okay? Now, I believe that there is healing in the house today. I believe that. Amen? So whatever it is, whatever it is, God's going to do it. Now, let me, let me kind of speak to those of you behind me, okay? What did Jesus do when he met people? He brought healing, right? Yes? Okay. I may ask you again because I feel like you're kind of staring at me and that freaks me out. What did Jesus do when he met people? He brought what? So do we believe the word of God is real or not? Do we believe the word of God is real or not? So if I lay my hands on them, what does that mean is going to happen? God is going to provide healing, amen? Do we believe that? God has already brought healing to Bobby, amen? God has brought healing to people's life, amen? But don't just sit there and stare at me because a church, like we talked about last week, a church that believes, a church that believes God is going to do something, amen? Now, stretch your hands this way, amen? Raise your hand, raise your hand like this. I'm going to simply lay hands on you. In the name of Jesus, God is going to bring healing to your life right now. In the name of Jesus, I need my prayer team up here to help pray. Right now, in the name of Jesus, God is going to bring you healing right now. In the name of Jesus. Thank you for listening to our service. Be sure to catch the video edition of this on either YouTube or Facebook Live. Again, if you need prayer, contact us at 907-789-3605. May God richly bless you in all things.